Blog Talk Radio. Eastern family, we're coming to you live from the EAL Radio Show Studio in St. Augustine, Montevideo, Florida. We have a great show for you tonight, and to all the listeners around the world, we say welcome. Now, We have breaking news. Investigators have removed the flight data recorder from a cargo plane that crashed February the 23rd in Texas telling all three people on board, the U.S. National Transportation Safety Board said on Sunday. The NTSB also posted two photos on Twitter showing the battered bright orange recorder found in the murky waters of Trinity Bay near the city of Anahuac. The Amazon Prime Air cargo plane operated by Atlas Air Worldway Wide Holdings was flying to Houston from Miami when it nosedived into the bay, about 20 miles southeast of Houston's George Bush Intercontinental Airport. After the NTSB said on Friday that investigators recovered the cockpit voice recorder from the Boeing 767 cargo jetliner, the discovery of the data recorder could further help determine what caused the crash, which has been uncleared so far. The NTSB chairman, Robert Sumwall, has said the agency is examining security camera footage from a local jail that showed the plane careening downward minutes before it was its planned landing. There was no distress call, officials have said. Jim? Hello, Eastern family and friends around the world. It's great having you with us. My name is Jim Hart. 
coming to you live from the beautiful West Palm Beach, Florida area, where today's weather, would you believe, was 88 degrees. Welcome and thank you for listening and calling this show. You have truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. In fact, we can now say we become Eastern Airlines International Radio Show. We'd love to hear your comments and share your memories with radio listeners from around the world during the broadcast. If you haven't called the show before, all you need to do is to call us at 213-816-1611 and just say hello to talk with us on the air live. We can identify many countries around the world who listen in with our blog talk radio application. Isn't it great that we can keep the Eastern legacy going out not only to the Eastern family, but to listeners from many different countries around the world? That's what we try to do every week on the EAL radio show. Won't you join us by adding your voice to these broadcasts? Our thanks also to those who choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in at the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. During our live broadcast, feel free to use our call-in number, 213-816-1611 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let me repeat that number again so you can write it down for your Monday night visits. 213-816-1611. And by the way, tell your friends about us, too. And don't forget you can listen to any of our 405 Monday night broadcasts and the 75-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie and scrolling, scrolling down through the archive of broadcasts. Each episode is briefly described. We're getting close to five hundred episodes holy blue sunoco our lines are always open for calls and if you choose not to participate and talk live with your host we ask that you please mute your phone as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out any background noises Gee, I see we're sitting number one in takeoff. So, Captain, let's get Flight 405 in the air.
Airlines. I'll repeat that. Total Bested Airlines. This is an airline that is not so friendly, not so safe, and not so caring. Our flight has been delayed a few minutes by a small maintenance issue. That should not be that much of a delay as we have the company's ace mechanics taking care of a stubborn part. Hey, Neil, uh, I got an hour to get that compressor fan blade replaced before we send this baby out on a flight. How are you doing? Uh, uh, Chuck, it, it, it doesn't want to slide in like it should. Hey, reach over there and hand me that ball-peen hammer over there. I'll show you how to get it in. is at the gate after the minor problem has been fixed. The flight attendants are going through the before takeoff instructions. Let's listen in. Colleen, you're the senior flight attendant. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Colleen. Do it again. Okay. Sorry. Can you hear me? Hear you now. Okay. Okay, Dorothy, I've got a real troublemaker. Take him to seat 13E. I think he'll enjoy this soothing in-flight sound. Sir, will you follow me? We're upgrading you and think you'll have a very restful flight. Colleen, I understand you quit smoking. Colleen, I understand you quit smoking. Did you have any problems working your flights? Oh, Dorothy. Does that answer your question? Welcome aboard. It's 2007, and we are more committed to your safety than ever. And that's why we'd like you to pay careful attention to this important safety information. First, please make sure that your seatbelt is securely fastened. Seatbelts can be purchased for $5. To fasten, insert the metal fitting into the buckle and tighten the buckle by pulling the loose end away from you. To release, purchase a release flap for $7. Now I know what you're thinking. We've never paid for seatbelts before. Once we've reached our cruising altitude, your flight attendant may or may not go down the aisle with snacks. If she chooses to, each passenger will be given a single peanut. Lavatories are located at the front and the rear of the airport. 
please take a moment to look at your safety pamphlet. The charge for looking at this pamphlet is $3. The charge for looking at this pamphlet and putting it back quickly is $4. Should there be a rapid change in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will automatically drop from the compartment above your seat free of charge. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. And to start the flow of oxygen, pay your flight attendant $75.63. As always, exact change is appreciated. Now I know that some of you are still concerned about getting there safely. Enjoy your flight. And Colleen, I think you didn't answer the question about the smoking, but uh, uh, Dorothy well, asked the question about it, smoking, it? <laughs> and and here's what uh, it sounded like. Okay. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! The last time I tried to quit smoking, only two carry on I got pretty irritable. I wasn't really myself. It was the little things that got to me, like... That's funny, because you know I could have sworn that I said row 22 or higher. People. Chicken or fish? Chicken or fish! For the last time, the flight is delayed! Do you see a plane out there? Do you? Huh? We are not going anywhere until there is a plane out there! <laughs> the seatbelt sign is on! I never want to go through that again. <laughs> now, Coraline. Coraline. Okay. Now, does that answer your question? And it sounds very familiar. Oh, okay, Dorothy. Here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and all crying babies. Welcome to Flight 405 to Seoul, Korea. Now, if you're going to Seoul, you're in the right place. If you're not going to Seoul, you are about to have a really, really long evening. And we hope you have a passport. Or you are or you are really, really in big trouble. Now we'd like to tell you about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have on board this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now. There are five exits aboard this plane, two at the front, two over the wings, and one out the plane's rear end. If you're seated in one of the exit rows, Please do not store your bags by your feet. That would be a really, really bad idea. Please take a moment and look around and find the nearest exit. Now count the rows of seats between you and the exit. In the event that the need arises to find one, trust me, you'll be glad you did. And we have pretty blinking lights on the floor that will blink in the direction of the exits. The white ones along the normal rows and pretty red ones at the exit rows. Now, in the event of a loss of cabin pressure, these baggy things will drop down over your head. Stick it over your nose and mouth like the flight attendant is doing now. Now, the bag won't in flight, but there is oxygen there, I promise you. If you're sitting next to a small child or someone who is acting like a small child, please do us all a favor and put on your mask first. If you're traveling with two or more children, take a moment now to decide which one is your favorite. Help that one first. Then work your way down. 
Oh, in the seat pocket in front of you is a pamphlet about the safety features of this plane. I usually use it as a fan when I'm having my own personal summer. <laughs> Makes a very good fan. It also has pretty pictures. Oh, so uh, please take it out and play with it now. Now, at this time, we ask that you make sure your seat belts are fastened low and tight about your waist. To fasten the belt, insert the metal tab into the buckle. To release, it's a pulley thing, not a pushy thing like your car, because you're in an airplane. Hello. <laughs> oh, and boo-hoo, boo-hoo. There's no smoking in the cabin on this flight. There's also no smoking in the lavatories. And if we see smoke coming from the lavatories, we will assume you are on fire and put you out. <laughs> oh, this is a free service we provide. <laughs> there are two smoking sections on this flight, one outside each wing exit. We do have a movie in the smoking sections tonight. Hold on. Let me check. What is it? Oh, here it is. Okay. The movie tonight is Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't everyone get up and want out now. The good news is that we have a backup movie. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> now, in just a moment, we'll be turning off the cabin lights, and it's going to get really, really dark, really, really fast. If you're afraid of the dark, now would be a good time to reach up and press the yellow button. The yellow button turns on your reading light. Please do not press the orange button unless you absolutely have to. The orange button is your seat ejection button. And we're really glad to have you on board and your money. We want to give you the business, too. If there's anything we can do to make you more comfortable, please don't hesitate to ask upon arrival in Seoul. I'm sure if you weren't all strapped down, you would have given me a standing ovation, wouldn't you? Hey, Don, why don't you take this first leg? I didn't get much rest last night. Okay, Captain. Uh, They say we're close to engine start, so let's go ahead and start these engines up. Okay, go ahead and crank her up. Taxi to runway nine left. Right, Skipper. No, I said left. (laughs) I think the 
the ground control is trying to find us. Hey, Kennedy Ground, this is total bastard air. Is there much much more of a wait? Very long, sir, about an hour. Roger. At least. I wait for the uh, Delta to move, and then uh, Delta said he was waiting for the uh, corporate, so uh, we continued on, and then uh, corporate followed us, and then Delta was going to follow corporate. Oh, you can't just do it. You can't just do it. All right. See, this takes so much energy, guys. All right. Delta 929. Hang on a second, guys. Okay. We're Bravo, short of Victor. Yeah, right. Who, who's Bravo, short of Victor? Delta 929, sir. You didn't even move yet, then. What? What? We went out of sequence here. Simple 1069. You behind a company 8320? Then we got to stop. Hang on a second. Simple 1069. You behind a company 8320? Yes, sir. I don't know how that happened. Just follow him. Hey, Bravo Lima, you're behind the jet blue. So everybody did right. Delta 929, just follow the hawker. Okay. Uh, well, the hawker's two planes in front of us. Great. Delta 1869, you're behind the hawker? Correct. Delta 1069, you got to just do what I asked, sir. Delta 929, follow the 75. We can do that. Delta 1867, this probably screws you up, too. Where are you right now? Yes, sir. We're number two on Bravo, short of Victor. <sighs> You're on Bravo. Delta 929, you were on Bravo, short of Victor. That's affirmative, sir. You know, I'm all screwed up. Jesus, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> They certainly are all screwed up. Hey, Colleen, <laughs> we finally made it. We're number 15 for takeoff. You got your announcements done? Heavens no, Captain. Give me about five minutes. We'll be okay. Well, you got plenty of time, Colleen. We even may have time to go back to get some fuel at the gate. Oh. Welcome aboard. It's 2007, and we are more committed to your safety than ever. And that's why we'd like you to... Disregard that. We've done it. <laughs> Go to the next one. That's right, in. Jim Holder. Yeah, the flight, the flight is now in the seventh hour of the 12-hour flight. I think that we got a little air noise. Interior noise. Cleverly decide to liven up this otherwise boring flight by offering some in-flight humor. Let's see what that fella is planning. You know, I hate these long, boring flights. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a call to my senior flight attendant. Do you know we are married? This should get a little response out of the passengers. And Colleen, his senior flight attendant wife, responds. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, dear. Honey, do you need some coffee? Hey, uh, Colleen, I'll take a cup if you get a chance. 
I asked the captain, wait your turn. How are you feeling, dear? Oh, you should have seen him after the last flight. <laughs> he comes in with his Tarzan scream. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Sometimes he sounds like the earlier scream. But he comes in with his Tarzan yell and he flops down on the couch. He tells me to fix him a martini. He takes it, but one swallow, it's gone. He hands me the empty glass back and says, Tarzan want another martini. <laughs> Two more follow. I asked him, what's wrong, my Tarzan? I've never known you to drink more than three martinis and ask for more. Yeah. And I said, Colleen, it's a jungle out there. Mike. Hey, Don, let's have a little fun. I'll make an announcement and we'll entertain our folks back there. Are you with me? Oh, sure, boss. I'm always up for a good laugh. Hello, this is your captain speaking. There's absolutely no cause for alarm. Well, that ought to get you <laughs> back. Yeah, I'll follow up with. Hi, you're captain again. The red light just came on. Yeah, boss, and it's a real big light, too, this time. I wonder what it means. Don, open the cockpit door and see if it did anything to our passengers. I'd like to hear a little laughter.
Mike 6 for in the terminal. Great. Bye-bye. No, 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 no. There's more. I'm going to pound your face in. Okay, Slick. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to destroy you. Bye-bye. I am going to kick the crap out of you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Knock, knock. Who's there? Bye-bye. I don't get it. There's nothing to get. Bye-bye. Excuse me, could you tell me where um, the baggage claim will be? Mm, Your baggage. Right. What was it I wanted to tell you about your baggage? Oh, yeah. Nobody cares. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, uh, could you arrange for me uh, a... Bye-bye. To... Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah, I have this carry-on, and I was just wondering... Here's me. Bye-bye. Here's you. I want to say something important. Me. Bye-bye. You. I'm Joe Carry-on. Let me through. I'm a big man. I don't check nothing. Me. Bye-bye. You. I'm cool. I wear a suit. No way am I a loser. Well, you're wrong now. Bye-bye. <laughs> What are you listening to? Hits from the 70s. Oh. Whoa, the 70s. I love the 70s. Aw, bye-bye. <laughs> Say bye. Bye-bye. Do the bye-bye. Do the bye-bye. That's the way bye-bye-bye. I like it. Okay, okay. Bye-bye. Show's so over, folks. Bye-bye. Let's move. Bye-bye. Let's get... Let's pick this thing up. Let's go for it. Up. One, two, three. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Cattle. <laughs> Security, we're getting off the plane. Can we get an escort through the terminal? Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye.
Welcome to the Seoul Korea International Airport. Sorry about the bumpy landing. It's not the captain's fault. It's not even the co-pilot's fault. It's the ass fault. Please remain seated until the plane is parked at the gate. At no time in history has a passenger beaten a plane to the gate. So please don't even try it. Please be careful opening the overhead bins because shift happens. <laughs> Mercy. Well, that's about all the sound clips Neil could find, but we did save the best for last. Now boarding American Airlines Flight 809, non-stop to Seattle-Tacoma. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my God. You're Sully Sullenberger. Mm-hmm. You landed that plane in the Hudson River. You saved all those people's lives. Yeah, well, I just did what I had to do. I didn't know you were flying again. Yeah, I took some time off to write a book, but uh, I'm ready to get back to just being a captain again. Well, it's an honor, sir. Let me know if you need anything at all. Thank you much. Howdy there. Morning. Come on in. Uh, Whoops, I'm sorry. I I think uh, I'm in that seat. (laughs) What's that? The captain's chair? Yeah, I'm sorry. I think uh, according to the rotation sheet, it says I'm the captain on this row. Tower, this is uh, American 809. It looks like we got an itty-bitty typo on our rotation sheet. Can you confirm our captain roster, please? Copy, 809. We have Captain Doug uh, Hubbard as first in command. Uh, Tower, this is American 809. I'm, uh, I'm Sully. I'm Sully, Sully Sullenberger, Miracle on the Hudson, so... Copy. You haven't flown in a while, Sullenberger, so FAA requires 18 hours as second in command. You'll be assisting Captain Hubbard today. Well, uh, Well, all right. Tower, this is American 809. We're fueled up and ready for pre-check. Copy that, Captain. We've got you on runway 22. Runway Runway 22. Copy. You know, your wind speed isn't set yet? I was about to. Okay. (laughs) Yep. I'll never forget that day. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, good morning, folks. This is your captain. And I'm Sully. <laughs> Should be a pretty smooth ride today. Hero of the Hudson. <laughs> Weather in Seattle is 77 degrees, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Brace for impact. Just kidding. <laughs> I know Ellen. What? Degenerous, sweet gal, funny. Who? It is. Have you seen Sully? I have not. Oh, it's about me. 
Is that right? Yep. Apple Watch. Free. They just sent it to me. I mean, I don't care about this kind of stuff. Do you have one? Uh, I, I don't. Huh. Excuse me, fellas. This little guy wants to meet his hero in the cockpit. I said you two wouldn't mind. Oh, no, no, of course not. Come on in, buddy. Um, Captain Hubbard, we heard you're a veteran. Um, you served in Desert Storm. I did. Go ahead, Danny. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Thank you for being such a nice young man. I'm Sully. What? Oh, oh, okay. I see. He was in the army. Oh, quick. Somebody. Get this guy on camel. <laughs> I'm going to go 30. Uh, the wind's out of the southwest. I think we better do 35. I, I think 30's good. <laughs> hey, man. Do you have some kind of problem with me? No, I think you're great. Hey, well, what is the uh, heading on our BOR selector then? Oh, let me see here. I got her, I got her. Good thing I was here. Folks, the captain, I'm sorry about that. Sully saved everyone. Uh, just some accidental turbulence. Yeah, Sully did it again. He felt signed as We are headed for the Hudson. No, we're not. Please be easy. We are going down. We're fine. We've dropped his bird. No, we didn't. I'm turning on the APU. Well, that's our show, and sorry for the uh, mistakes made, but uh, we had a lot of sound effects, and trying to uh, do a little humor here, which I don't know if it uh, turned out okay, but uh, it did. You probably heard a lot of that uh, that stuff. Any uh, any comments from our listeners or our host? We have our board full tonight, and you might have a story or two that you want to tell anyone. I can, can you start hear off me? Yeah. Yes, I can hear you, Barbara. Brenda. Yeah. Brenda. But the Listen other gen- me, Brenda. The other- <laughs> Brenda Chabot. <laughs> hi, Brenda. The other gentleman. Hi. He can go first. <laughs> oh no, ladies Boy. first. Oh, Go ahead, Brenda. <laughs> okay, it's good. it's a hard act to follow. I have to tell you that was very good. <laughs> well, <laughs> as we know, despite uh, TBA, aviation is serious business. With the extensive safety requirements, constant upgrades, and tragic accidents that affect us all, sometimes in the very face of all this seriousness, we spot an out of place but very cute or funny example of human behavior. A gentleman who worked for Ward Air in Vancouver as ground staff wrote the following. Back in the mid-90s, when Vancouver was handled by then Transport Canada, their offices were located close to the original Air Canada hangar. I was approached by a senior administrator to teach a dance class as I had a part-time business teaching swing, Latin, and ballroom. I agreed, but where could we do this? The answer was the apron area outside of their offices. So if you ever flew into Vancouver a late late afternoon on a sunny, dry day and saw a bunch of folks dancing out in the apron at Vancouver, well, that was us. (laughs) That was cute. (laughs) I want to ask a question, especially, Brenda, you uh, Mm -hmm. would, uh, uh, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are about 
airlines like Southwest, and I believe Southwest began the uh, cute announcements, the flight attendant announcements. What do you think of those? I think on the positive side that it's good to get attention um, because they've tried so many different things. I do not think the videos are good. People just tune out. But on the, you know, then you've got the other side where it's got to be taken seriously as well. So I think really it should be that um, we look, uh, take after trans bastard airlines <laughs> and slap them around if they don't pay attention. <laughs> well, we've had a little our seriousness mixed with sense of humor. Yeah, and, and we we've had survive, our right? yeah comedian pilots in the air. Of course, every airline has them, and uh, I I suppose they entertain. Oh yeah, relax, <laughs> folks. Well, we had one. I don't know. Those were the days he'd be uh, fired now. But we were flying, I don't know, somewhere out western Canada. And it's the usual passenger thing, right? Where are we now? So yeah. called the cockpit, and he came on the PA and actually said, we're over the land of lakes and drunken Indians. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we were all like, yeah. oh, my goodness. So we don't know where we are, but we're making good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's good too. That Sully thing was fabulous. Oh yeah, oh, that was a riot. Isn't First that time precious? I'd ever heard that. Yeah, I had to include I'd love that. To get a copy of that. Yeah. And go to your browser. It was on Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, and the bye-bye. Bye-bye. God. And it's so true. It's like, get them off this thing, you know? The the drinks are waiting. (laughs) Once again, your show's lovely. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. That's good. Thank you very much, Brenda, for being with us anytime. Oh, I Uh, love it. Okay. Jim Holder, do you have a funny story? Well, yeah, I've told him a lot of stories, as you know, some not so funny, and I think I may have told this story before, and uh, it happened on a 727 from Philadelphia to Houston. I was the co-pilot. That's how long ago it was. I'm sorry, I was the first officer. And Justin Griner was the captain, and he was a card, as we all know, that flew with him, wonderful guy to fly with. And apparently uh, we had a, a woman... Uh, middle age or maybe 30-ish or so, uh, ended up sitting next to a, a guy who was about the same age, and they were not traveling together, apparently. But uh, after a couple of drinks, they started uh, falling in love. And the flight attendant <laughs> came up and said that uh, about halfway to Houston, they had gone to the rear John. And they were in there quite a while. And the flight attendant went back there and knocked on the door, and, and all she could hear certain type of noises going on that saw they told what was happening. And she couldn't get them to come out. And so she came up and told Justin about it, and he said, well, go back there and beat on the door and tell them the captain said get out. Well, that didn't work. They just, by now, the whole airplane is aware of what's going on. And it got so bad 
that they had to have some of the coach passengers will come up and use to follow John in first class. And, you know, oh. they had to go. You know, you got to go. And uh, well, it's really getting to be, we got to get those people out of there. We're fixing the land. And, uh, well, they did. They went back there, and they finally they came out, and their clothes were all disarray, and, of course, they were pretty well sloshed anyhow. And they got back, and people were clapping and laughing, and they would, that's what oh flight attendant was telling us. And they got back and sat down, and Justin said, well, why don't we just, he got a piece of paper out of the papers. Let's go out a certificate of accomplishment or something like that. You know how Justin was. He wrote this big thing out. <laughs> And we all signed it. We don't give them to it. But they got off. And the, and the, uh, when they got to, we got to the gate, uh, they were having trouble getting up. And they were staggering, <laughs> falling all over the place. And the agent was worried about them, you know. And you got to remember, they didn't know each other before they got on the airplane. And the, the agent lady came up, and, and the, and the uh, she was more worried about the woman falling, you know, and she almost failed getting out of the plane on the jetway. So she sort of walked her up to the uh, to the uh, gate. And the funny thing about it was this guy was sitting out there and just smiled and came running over there and gave her a kiss. You know, his girlfriend had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody knows what she had been doing. <laughs> oh, and that's a true story. That's a true story. I didn't have to oh, make it better right. one bit. I know I've told it some time ago, but maybe some people hadn't heard it before. But I, my stories <laughs> yeah. generally aren't funny, you know, that I don't think any of But I, don't, I like that one. His wife was okay, there to meet the he? flight, too. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think it had a four-way flight. <laughs> <laughs> if he, the funny if part he about told, it is that the coach passes haven't come up to the first flight, John, he get relieved. Yeah. <laughs> they were a hen and a sheep. If he, if, if he yeah, told me the story, I can tell mine, Neil. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Colleen. <laughs> okay. All right. This is, well, it didn't happen on an Eastern. It was later in uh, my career with United. But uh, we, uh, it was a 727 Newark to Chicago. We had a lot of commuters. A lot of people would go out for business meetings for the day and come back on the 6, uh, 6 p.m. flight. And uh, so I was working up in first class by myself and uh, the jump seat, and it's got the bulkhead right there in front of, you know, 1A and 1B. And this gentleman came up, and he was all flustered. He had, I had seen him earlier with the papers all over his table and working on something. He came up, and he was all upset because he had a very important business meeting, and the button came off the top of his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and he wanted to know if I could do anything about it, and um, I said I could, you know, if he had the button, Getting I could interesting a now. kit. I know. <laughs> I had a sewing kit, and if he had the button, I could give him a sewing kit, and he could, you know, take care of it. Well, I gave him the sewing kit, and he's like, I don't know how to put a button on. <laughs> so, could you help me? So, okay, well, it's a little awkward trying to stand and put a, sew a button on, so <laughs> I sat on the jump seat, and he was standing in front of me. And I sewed the button on, and as I, you know, finished, he said, thank you very much, turned around and was buckling his belt, and I thought the woman in 1C was going to have a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. 
Well, Neil, I got a I got a real short one I can tell. I think once really again short. I may have told it on the show before, but I, I was flying a charter from I think St. Louis to Acapulco, and it was a uh, hairdresser, and that, there was about a. 145 hairdresser women and two boys that sat way back to back hell hell so they were not a problem at all but these hairdressers <laughs> they had had a few drinks before they got home for it and it was a riot going down there and of course back in those days on charters you could leave the cockpit door open well they came in and uh, it almost got to be a riot in there they were trying to take the second after shirt off because he was young <laughs> and good looking <laughs> we finally ran him out of there and we had to had to shut the door. We came on in and landed, and when they all got out, they had to walk about 200 feet across over to the gate, and, man, they took off. Man, they were just flying, laughing, carrying on. Boy, you wouldn't believe it. Well, we picked up another group that had flown down maybe five days before, and it's the same type people coming across there as they were throwing up and puking and crawling. They got, they had had a bomb, man, and half of them was so drunk they couldn't come up the stairs. But they were set to get seats. They got their seats, and they didn't move all the way back to St. Louis. I'll tell you the truth. Well, here's one I'm going to tell that um, thinking about putting in uh, the wings of many. True story. Uh, and I was a brand-new co-pilot. I can't remember those days being that new with the airline. But at any rate, uh, if you take Haas Cartwright, everyone know who Haas Cartwright yep. is? Oh, yeah. Yep. Dan, Blocker, Blocker, yeah. Dan Blocker of the TV series Bonanza. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And if you take him off a horse and put him in an Eastern Airlines pilot uniform, you have the late Captain John D. Macken, M- McBride. Oh, Captain yeah. McBride. <laughs> and, and Jim, McBride. you know who I'm talking about. Oh, also, try to sure. try to imagine the uniform having been slept in for the last three months without ever <laughs> being dry cleaned by one-hour martinizing cleaning store, and if it had for only five minutes and not one hour. But, Looking uh, like as an for his unmade hat, bed. Uh, yeah, as for his hat, it had been trampled <laughs> by a herd of elephants. Or John had actually sat on it a few times to give it that 200 mission look. He hardly ever wore it as as his head was oversized like his belly. Now John had the typical beer gut on this on his 300 pound frame with lots of stomach area, having moved to a more southern location of the body. The uniform of the day back in those days, as we uh, Jim, you and I recall. The summer months was a light blue Manhattan brand short-sleeved shirt with embossed eastern wings just above the left yep. button shirt pocket. I love that shirt. I did, too. And, I but did, on, too. on this particular flight from Washington, Miami, the Convair 440 went through Raleigh-Durham, Florence, South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, Augusta, Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia, Jacksonville, Gainesville, <laughs> Ocala, Orlando, oh my God. Vero wow. Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and destination Miami. Twelve wow. stops, if you counted. Twelve takeoffs wow. and landings. A pilot's dream flight. But the fun <laughs> began in Vero Beach. If you've ever seen the Vero Beach terminal in the 50s and 60s, you would think you had been taken back to World War II. 
As a, as a matter of fact, it was built during the war when Vero Beach was used as a military training field. It was made of all wood plank siding. The building housed Eastern Airlines flight operation at the corner of the flimsy structure. I always enjoyed going into operations. Jim, you probably remember that, uh, that. but uh, after we landed and let the Convair air stairs down to offload the passengers, I would quickly go inside. And upon entering the station manager, Bud Holman's facility, and it was Bud Holman's facility, you just couldn't help but notice the 20-plus frame pictures of Eastern's first pilots displayed on the wall. And being a brand-new co-pilot, I was in awe and studied each picture in admiration. Some were still flying the line during this time and had super seniority. What great experiences and stories these men had and could tell. But back to my story. During a walk around, which I did at each airport, I noticed a hydraulic line hanging down in the nose wheel well area. I, I just knew this was not normal and went in to advise Captain John of what I had found. And John, wearing the lightweight shirt, which was sweat-soaked from the high 80s temperature that day, went straight to solving the problem. He asked for some safety wire, which Bud had, and, and went out to the airplane to fix the problem. Now, the Convair has a tall nose gear and gear strut extended way up into the wheel well. You could stand in the opened nose gear doors and inspect or work on the gear and its components. John did just that. Now, standing tall in the well, John pulled the hydraulic line back into place and commenced to safety it with the safety wire. In doing so, the bottom of his shirt pulled away from his solid black trousers completely soaked in sweat. Now, this may not sound so funny, but it was hilarious by the passengers boarding the aircraft for departure, each one going by very close to where John was doing his thing. Now, I ask you, how would you react react to the bottom half of your captain's stomach laid bare by the shirt shortness and out of, out of the pants? But in addition, your captain was now the aircraft mechanic fixing Lord knows what of your aircraft's nose wheel that is about to take off and go and take you to Fort Lauderdale in Miami. But in those days, there were no jetways or covered walkways at most airports where the jets were still newly in service at Eastern. They simply walked out of the waiting area onto the ramp and then across to the airplane to board. And that was a sight to behold. <laughs> Pretty standard in the corporate world, though, uh, Neil. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, yeah. But in the corporate world, you see me out there changing a wheel or a brake in my captain's oh. uniform, and then I get in the airplane and fly them where they wanted to go. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's well, at least you knew that Captain John didn't go to sleep there. He was standing up. Well, you know, I could write a whole book of flying with John McBride and 
Uh, it was uh-huh. uh, so funny, uh, especially his camera work. He would always take his bell and howl with him in his flight bag. And one time I was landing in Jacksonville, uh, still a brand new co-pilot. Remember, first year, I was on probation. And uh, he gave me the landing in Jacksonville, and I had it all lined up, and all of a sudden he took the controls away from me and banked the airplane steeply to the left. I let go, of course, and John took the airplane, and off he went. Now, the tower called Eastern, are you having problems? (laughs) I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what kind of problem we were having. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he took the airplane, and he was flying. And John says, that's all right. I'll tell him what we're doing. And we flew for a little bit, and then he turned. He, he got the phone, and he says, hey, Tower, we'll be back in just a few minutes. I got to film something. True story. True story. I got to film something. <laughs> I had no idea what he was going to film, film with his belly now. So finally we get over toward Jacksonville Beach, and there was a fire, and the smoke was coming up uh, into, a, in, into about our altitude, and John circled that fire, and he filmed that entire fire. Oh, <laughs> and then he was through filming, and we moseyed on back to the airport. The tower cleared us to land. We landed the airplane. But that's not the end of the story. The story ends like this. Got our passengers. We're sitting there. And there's a Boeing 720 just across the walkway. And if you remember Jacksonville back in the day at Imason Airport, there was a covered walkway. It's all they had to go out to the airplanes. No jetways. And from the covered walkway, you had to amble up the stairs to the airplane. Well, John knew something was about to happen. And so he watched. I had no clue. He didn't say anything to me. But at any rate, he was ready with his camera in his flight bag. And he knew what was about to happen. Well, they boarded the 720, closed the door, pulled it away. Didn't push the airplane back. So this guy is going to make a turn in that 720. John was ready for the turn. Because the start truck was right there to start those four jet engines on that Boeing 720. It was set there parked. Well, it wasn't parked very long. Because when the captain goosed the four engines to make that turn to get out on the taxiway and onto the runway, (laughs) that truck went over. He had pushed full power, and John got everything on on his camera. (laughs) So that, that was the end of the story. Uh, a funny man, lots of stories, lots of laughs, and seven uh, twenty uh, yeah. was a tough airplane to get moving. You needed a lot of power when I was. You a, had to have a, a lot of power, for, yeah. You know, mechanic, it, it, it would move fine once it got rolling, but to get it to unstick, you had to pull a lot of power on that airplane. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did the same thing with one of our check captains, yep. and um, uh, on a L ten eleven, and. He did the same thing in Los Angeles and yep. pushed the power up on the L-1011. And there was a, a truck uh, sitting right there on a ramp, and he uh, he t- uh, pushed the truck over. Won't mention any names, but uh, 
I was on that flight too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's our humor for this day. Chuck, do you have anything to say about uh, funny things happening in the maintenance shop? Well, I got one story. I might have told some years ago, so some of you guys might have heard of it. Um, Eastern had a policy uh, that they initiated uh, with the 1011 program. I stayed with the program almost 10 years, and um, I'd made master mechanic. And one of the things that they wanted was people to learn how to taxi and run up 11 because they, what was happening was is the planes would – uh, go over to the terminal in Miami, and of course everybody get off the airplane and leave. And then, they, but then they would need the planes to come back over across the whole runway and everything to the 36th Street terminal at that big building that the 1011s were serviced in. So what they did was is they got um, 12 of the master mechanics certified to. Um, taxi run-up L-1011s. Actually, we got certified on all the airplanes because they would sooner or later come through the the, the, the uh, place where we had, even though we had 10, 1011s in there, sometimes we do other airplanes. So to make a long story short, I went over with my two buddies and we got into the airplane and I was sitting in the left-hand seat because I had the certificate. The, you earned a certificate from the company and FAA, got your name and all kind of stuff. So the other two guys weren't certified at that time. They were just learning how to do it. And then they had to go to a class for two weeks. So we get in there, and the tug man, he's, I'm talking to him on the headphones, and I tell him that we've gone through the checklist and we're ready to back out into the, the terminal ways, you know, in between two alleyways there that they back the planes out of. And the tug undoes his tow bar and goes back in. And then, obviously, you start the engines. And we taxi just like you would taxi a regular airplane with a flight crew. So, Except we didn't go to the takeoff at the main runway. We would go use the taxiway. Sometimes we use the main runway. But anyway, so they pushed us back, and we were sitting there getting ready for him. And we hear this knock on the door because the door is shut. They told us that we could not taxied the plane with the door open and um, in the class that we were in. So we always made sure that the guy, uh, the third guy there, was going to reach over and shut the door. So there's a knock at the door, and I, I, I tell the guy downstairs, wait a minute. And I tell, tell my, the guy that's in the flight engineer thing, I said, would you see what's knocking on the door? Well, there's a little mirror there on the door from the inside that you can pick up and look at the whole a cabin area of the airplane, and he opened it up, and he, I said, well, what are you, what's going on? And he says, I don't see anything, Chuck. I said, you sure? And he said, yeah, I'm looking right in the, the cabin area, and there's nobody on this airplane but us. I said, okay, sit it down, and we'll start the, we'll start the engines. So we started the, the engines up, and, and one, two, three, and the engines were going, and all of a sudden, we hear the knock at the door again. So before I did anything, I said, open the door and see what's going on. He opens the door up, and there stands this little lady. She's about four foot old, ten, and gray hair and, and everything. 
And he opens the door up, and she says, are we in Miami yet? And I said, oh, my God. So I called the tower and asked the tower, what do you want to do? He says, what I want you to do is I want you to shut the engines down. We'll call the tug. They'll hook it back up, and we'll pull it back to the gate. And one of you guys will uh, get up, and when the jetway hits the airplane, open the door, and we're going to have somebody there to meet this lady. So that's what we did. They pulled us all the way back in. They opened the door. Three of us, the engines all shut. Things all shut down now. And we all were standing there, and she gets up out of her seat. And uh, and the lady, the girl at the jetway comes and picks her up, and she turns to, the, to, to me, and she says, are you the captain? And I said, no, I'm a mechanic. She says, well, you did a really good job. Nice flight. And she walked down the jetway. <laughs> yeah. well, Dorothy, that really, yeah. That's a true Dorothy, we're going to You don't have any time for another 1011 story, eh? One real quick one, yeah. We're running out of well, time. Well, we, you know what? At Kennedy, uh, we we as mechanics we had to pick up the Antigua flight and the uh, the Mexico flight, which was 900, 1011, and we they'd send us down the the airplanes, either one of the two, the 727 flight for Antigua, or the 1011 from uh, from uh, from Mexico. Uh, it was a, uh, uh, it would either go to the terminal or to the hangar for maintenance. So we're sitting in there, and of course the last priority we used to have, if we were sitting at uh, for the customs, we used to have a contract between the uh, the Pan Am and the British Airways because uh, they could do their international customs there. This time it happened to be Pan Am. So I was sitting and listening on the radio, and had the ADF listening to rock and roll music, and I had the headset over my ear listening to the ground control to see when 900 was coming in, and it came in. And and then the, this was like a uh, an air traffic controller Eastern uh, thing that's kind of funny, because the uh, uh, we used to have the interchange with Air Canada's airplanes. If you remember that, you guys that have been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. the Eastern the the 900 flight was an Air Canada airplane, and uh, they 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 landed and they pulled off the taxiway and they got the clearance that says. And uh, the Eastern called for the taxi clearance, and he said, this is Eastern 900. Uh, we, we'd like taxi to uh, Pan Am Terminal. So the air traffic, the ground control guy says, let me just get this straight before anybody makes a mistake. He says, you're Eastern 900. You're flying in an Air Canada airplane, and you want to go to the Pan Am Terminal. Okay, we got that straight. <laughs> so everybody got a big chuckle out of that one. So I try to make that sure anyway. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> hey, Dorothy, what's happening uh, in the future shows? Uh, can you tell us about what's Okay, the let schedule? me give you some information. First, we want to ask our listeners to say prayers for those who, people who yeah, died amen. or were hurt yeah. in that terrible hurricane. Yep, amen. Alabama. Tornado, uh, yeah. Then I want to mention that we received the sponsorship check from Reba last week and once again want to thank them for the generosity 
and sponsoring us to continue our efforts on behalf of the Eastern family. Our Eastern family knows how expensives grow yearly on any worthwhile program. The EAO radio show expenses keep increasing, too, with costs of everything needed to produce and direct this program and website. We do not collect dues and share in the expenses of these two websites, sending weekly e-blast mail, running computers, telephones, electricity, etc., but do rely on the generosity of the Eastern members to contribute what they can when they can. It truly keeps Eastern's memory alive to the general public. We try to keep Eastern's name in the limelight every week and used by our EAL radio show and the Blog Talk website, social media, our weekly e-blast to over 1,000 members, and through our radio airline broadcast scripts that Neil writes twice weekly, sharing the memories of Eastern. We maintain keeping the EAL folks connected, and the camaraderie we had continues. Remember, too, that Neil, Don, and I are dedicated to give our free time to run these programs that are for and about Eastern Airlines, as is all our volunteer hosts, who are not paid to be with us weekly. We thank all our members and trust that they will continue to support our efforts and keep Eastern going for as long as we are able to do so. Con contributions can be made by going to our website and using the Donate button on the bottom of the home page or by sending your donation to Eastern Airlines Radio Show, 145 Hilden Road, that's H-I-L-D-E-N Road, Suite 115, Ponta Verde, Florida, 32081. On behalf of the EAL Radio Show, Neil and our entire volunteer of hosts, we thank you very much. And now for some other announcements. The REPA Eastern Reunion is being held in Atlanta, Georgia, on September 4th and 5th this year, so make sure you put that on your calendar and hold that date. Check further on their website, www.repaonline.com. We also want to thank a new member, Julio Rosario, who joined us February 26, 2019, and he was 46 years old, one of our young ones. We welcome Julio and encourage him to call into our program and say hello to his Eastern members. Now I want to remind you of some of the upcoming uh, programs that we have. We have March 11th, the Children of the Greatest Generation. March 18th, the Jerry Dozen of Maintenance. On the 25th, we're going to produce Holy Blue Sunoco, a Jim, a Jim Hart <laughs> special. Then April 1st, we go to the Big Three, Atlanta, Miami, and New York City. And following that, we'll have an episode of Repartee. So we have a lot of things going, folks. It's all for you and about Eastern, so please, please join us. Thank you so much. Back to you, Neil.
It's time to say good night. Good night. Jim Hart. Great you still thing, Captain. Usual. Be sure to tune in again next Monday, March 11, when America's favorite way to fly returns to the cyber waves and the radio show. With this, we sign off by playing Jimmy Durante's salute to Mrs. Calabash. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Good night. Good night. And good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Good night, Eastern family. Good night, Eastern family and friends around the world. And good night, Eastern Airlines. Wherever you are, we love you, Eastern. We love you, Eastern. Great job, guys. My screw up with the sound effects. I won't do that again. That was hysterical. Thank you for going through all that work with wonderful. Oh, it was fun. It was fun.